Okay, we're live. Just checked our email. We got an email. Yes. Sorry, I got distracted. I almost was like half reading it, like because I just wanted to read. read You can't read ahead. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so I guess we can just start it. Start off with this. Yeah, you want to read it? Yep. Okay. So it says, "Hi." Technically, it says, "Hi." (laughs) (laughs) Love the show. Long time listener. Keep doing what you're doing. I have a heartbreaking story, but thought it was interesting. Thanks oh. for listening. Uh, many years back, my father was traveling for work and stayed in a questionable hotel. Oh, fun. As fun he time. was falling asleep, he heard yelling in the hallway, with what sounded like a struggle and then silence. Oh, gosh. He decided it was none of his business and went back to his peaceful slumber. The next morning, <laughs> as he left his room, he was horrified by what was outside his door. Oh, there was still blood on the wall and floor ah. of the hallway, and it looked straight up like a scene from CSI. That's terrifying. Oh, my God. Apparently, a man had been robbed, stabbed, and left for dead. Oh he was not found until early morning, and when they did, his body was still warm. Oh, oh my gosh. This meant that if someone, parentheses, my father had gone out at any point to check or had called the front desk, it's likely he would have he would have survived. This haunts my father to this day. Oh my no. gosh. That's gotta be... With, thank you. Thank you for a much need distraction. I feel like I know you guys. Aw. That's really sweet. Thank you. Thanks for listening to us. That's so... You have to have so much guilt from that. Oh my gosh. Like, what if you had, like... Because uh, you talk yourself out of it. You're like, oh, that's nothing. I like feel like I, you mostly do that when situations like that happen. It's a coping mechanism yeah. where you're just like, it's fine. Oh, no. I don't want to get involved. And then to know that it's something that you could have potentially helped them. Oh, but man. also to know that if you did go out, like you could have also died. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you were a witness, like they could have just killed you. I've but also sometimes... been watching a lot of Breaking Bad. So my mind's just like, if anyone sees anything, you've got to get rid of them. Like, I, like I if haven't seen a thing. If you're doing, if you're Don't making get rid of me, math. please. <laughs> so I think that's definitely what I was thinking. But that's so scary. Oh that's my gosh. Awful. I feel like I would never stay at a hotel again. I'm sorry your father had to go through that. Uh, Whoever you are. And the random man. I'm sorry to him too that he died. Oh yeah. I'm sorry for that man too and his family. That's really sad. That's I wonder who he was. Was he just like a random dude at the hotel too? Probably someone just going to their room. Hmm. That's really sad. So sad. All right, we got stories. Let's stories. see who's going to go first. Our trusty client. I believe in you. You do it this time. Oh. Okay, you call it. Okay, tails. Heads. <laughs> this always happens. Wait. You said tails. It was heads. <laughs> the coin is just never in your favor. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll be the encore. The encore, true. Yep, go ahead. My story is called The Giggling Grandma, and it's the story about <laughs> Nanny Doss. Have you heard of Nanny Doss? Maybe. I, see, here's the thing. I know most stories. You just don't remember I don't what remember. Like, matches with what. It's when I, like, when you are three-fourths of the way through your story, I'll be like, ah, I've heard this before. <laughs> Although you've had a couple, the water heater, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one, I knew nothing about, and that was amazing. Uh, you've had a couple of stories that I... Albert Fish, I'd heard of. Yeah, because he's like a huge serial killer. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a couple that I'd heard about. And I think I heard about the guy who went into high schools. I didn't know the details of his story. Oh, the, the one that pretended like he was yeah somebody else. 
Yeah, I feel like me, you do a story and then you just put it out of your brain completely. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I, you've done a good job. Um, I was talking to someone this week and they were like, I've literally only heard like two of the stories you guys have done, oh, which makes cool. me proud because I try to find like stories more, that are not Yeah, like the people don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Giggling so this is about, grandma. yep, she's called the Giggling Grandma. That was her nickname. Um, her name was Nanny Doss. She was born in Blue Mountain, Alabama, and oh, her goodness. she was born as Nancy Hazel. I'm assuming Nanny just came from Nanny, Nancy, like, she's a nickname. Oh, so she's not, like, a nanny. No. That's, mm-hmm. okay, that's... That's that, just what her nickname was. Okay. As well, Alabama, Southern, like, I feel like that's yeah, a very common sure. thing. Um, her parents were James and Lou Hazel. She was born on November 4th, 1905. Okay, another James. Uh, I know he's just a footnote, but another James. That's really funny. We have a lot of James. November 4th is also my brother's birthday. But um, she was born in 1905, and I got some background on 1905 so you can feel exactly where it was. So in 1905, 1905, Einstein was 26 years old, and he had already done like an insane amount of things. So that's crazy. He also stole women's work, so that's cool. What? I didn't know that. I'll go into that at some point. (laughs) Um, It was also the second term for Teddy Roosevelt. We know who that is. And the city of Las Vegas was founded. Yes, I remember that day. That's so random. Also, I tried to look up music at that time. I didn't recognize anybody, but maybe you know who this is. He was like the biggest pop star. Like if you look up top like 10 songs, all of it was his. Okay. Billy Murray. I know who Bill Murray is, but it's Billy Murray. Not the same person. Spell the last name. M-U-R-R-A-Y. I didn't listen to his music. Interesting. It's probably someone I've heard a lot, uh, but I, I don't recognize the yeah, name. I didn't recognize it. I didn't recognize any of like the top Interesting. artists at the, at the time. But it, also, it's 1905, though. So. But I bet, I bet it was good. Yeah. We'll listen to it after. So that's what was happening in 1905. Nanny was one of five children. She had one brother and three sisters. Both Nanny and her mother hated her dad, James. He was super strict, very (laughs) controlling, um, and he had a nasty streak. There's evidence that Nanny was conceived out of wedlock because James and Lou married after 1905. Mm -hmm. And census records also show that in 1905, Nanny and her mom was living on their own. So kind of very obvious that it happened before that. Scandalous. Very scandalous for Lou. For 1905, Lou. Lou for like a woman. See, oh, I watch cool. Real Housewives, so all I can think Lou? is Lou Ann, the oh. Countess, and I just cannot. Oh no! I think just Lou is Lou is. Cool. I feel like Lou is a. I mean, there's Cindy Lou Who, but Lou is a cute middle yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so Nanny was had a very unhappy childhood. She was a poor student who never learned to read well. Her education was kind of crazy because her dad forced all the kids to work on the family farm instead of attending school which mm-hmm. I'm like I, I'm not surprised I don't think schools cared that much back then it was kind of just well especially if you're a woman yeah. your education didn't fully matter I don't think it really cared but she did have a brother and it was the same thing with him too yeah but yeah her dad was kind of crazy when she was around seven years old the family was taking a train visit to visit a train to visit relatives in southern Alabama when the train suddenly stopped, Nanny hit her head on the metal bar on the seat in front of her. Oh, no. But for years after, she suffered severe headaches, blackouts, and depression, and she blamed these and her mental instability on that accident. I put in, in parentheses, foreshadowing or what? Yeah. I also spelled I mean, what? W-U-T. 
I don't know what that says about me. Did you hit me, your but... head? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people that kind of do crazy things just kind of blame it on that. But but anyways. also there is a tie yes, there to is. that happening sometimes. So mm, I don't I know it's... if it was that severe of a head. I think it's something thing. that probably is is hard to proof yeah that that's what it is that that's how it started. i could be totally wrong there could be because she also clear... could have had mental instability due to just trauma of growing up like you know what i mean yeah. like it could have also been that yeah i don't i don't really know statistically like how many people who hit their head are like in that way yeah in a traumatic way that... also it could be self-fulfilling prophecy where you hit your head and then you th- people say oh you hit your yeah. head this could happen and then you think you are gonna like, experience those things because you've hit your head and yeah. then you do I don't know it's very it's, I think it's, the mind is powerful uh, yeah so. I think your mind is, is especially if you think that like yeah mm-hmm. but so yeah that happened to her during during her childhood her favorite hobby was reading her mother's romance magazines and dreaming of her own romantic future later her favorite part was the lonely hearts column in, which was basically just like it's like basically like a dating app but like back then in a, in a newspaper yeah so when you talked about albert fish way mm-hmm. like way back mm-hmm. in the day so many episodes ago <laughs> and you talked about how he would meet people through the yep. newspaper that's what i thought of is that's literally how people would meet yeah and literally think about the you risk. Put ads out to be like hey i'm single yes. I'm interested and think about the risk factor now we're concerned about dating apps like oh my you gosh, have your friends yeah. go with you to and sit at a different table to watch and make sure you're okay and you can't verify anything on a newspaper <laughs> right there's no like googling no or, that's so scary i know it's terrifying but that was her favorite part in the newspaper. The All of the sisters in her family, the Hazel sisters, were restricted by their father. He forbade them to wear makeup and attractive clothing, which is funny. Like, what's attractive clothing? Anyways. Probably anything that's, like, form-fitting. Yeah. I just hate that they put that. I just kept that word in because it just annoyed me that they called it that. But I guess it's 1905, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good to get the context of what yeah. they were saying, too. Um, yeah. So, uh, he was trying to prevent them from being molested by men, which happened on several occasions. So, he's over-sexualizing them. Yeah. It's a him thing. Literally. I literally imprint this real, ugh. <laughs> yeah. He's gross. He also forbade them to go to dances and other social events. Dancing is of the devil. Literally. I also put, sounds familiar, because I wasn't allowed to go to prom, <laughs> and I, like, convinced my dad to go to prom, and then I went, and I spent, like, over $200 on both my ticket and my dress, and then I left 45 minutes later because it was my curfew. So I'm very salty about that. Oh, yeah, you were very strict. Meanwhile, I was like, <laughs> I, I will not go to prom. I, I, that sounds god-awful to me. I, it was the only... I like, get I it. I had never done anything. So I literally was like, please just let me have my senior prom. Like, yes. let me just have this. I think it was... I, I was absolutely allowed to do it. It was just something that... When people get hyper mm-hmm. excited about and like this is life and senior year, I just recoiled from that <laughs> yeah. so much and just I, there was a group of people I really got along with and yeah. enjoyed, but just thinking about the prospect of like the hierarchy, prom king and queen, like I just hated all of that. Yeah. I just I couldn't. And I the one homecoming I went to 
literally I'm at the table trying to get seconds on my food <laughs> and some guy comes up behind me and starts grinding on Ew. me. So it's like people feel like they can do mm-hmm. and I just don't really want, unless I have like a circle of friends around me at all times. That's literally how it was though. Like it was yeah, a gross atmosphere. Men but, feel like, yeah. that, I mean, men or women, I never experienced women being like this, but people feel like they can just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really, I don't love dancing that much that it's like worth it. Yeah, I get that. So, sorry about that. But That's okay. Prom, I'm sorry for your strict... <laughs> it's all good. Childhood. I didn't have a great prom experience, but it's okay. So, yeah, so her dad was really strict. Their dad was really strict. Nanny was first married at 16 years old to Charlie Braggs. They had met at the Linen... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Charlie Brown. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, okay. They met at the Linen Thread Factory where they both worked. And with her father's approval, they married after dating for just four months, which was very common at the time, so that's not crazy. He was the only son of his unmarried mother who insisted on living with them. At a later time, <laughs> uh, Nanny had, like, a diary journal kind of thing, and so after they were able to, like, after she died, they were able to... Obviously, it's not a spoiler, it's 1905, so she's definitely dead by now. But anyways, after she died, <laughs> they found it and saw many things that she wrote about it. And one of the things that she wrote Ooh, after... I don't know how I feel about that. What? Would like, you want like someone reading your it? diaries after no. you die? But I mean... But I know did. people will. But also she was involved in lots of criminal stuff, so they kind of had to. No, for sure. But just just aside, an aside... Oh, for sure. Is, for sure. I, I feel like people close to me that I trust and the people that really love me, I would yeah. be totally fine. Like, I don't care. You can read all my angsty poems and yeah. songs and whatever. But no, the world, that's terrifying. No, yeah. I, I feel like some people's family will just put it out and be like, this is their last... Ugh, that's no. awful. Sorry. No, you're good. So, after um, Char- after her and Charlie broke up later, she wrote this about him. I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only know, knowed about four or five months. Knowed? Yeah. So, <laughs> and remember in the beginning when I said she, does, she didn't yeah. really know how to read or write well. We, who had no family, only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. Uh-huh. She never seen anything wrong with what he'd done, but she would take spells. She would not let my own mother stay all night. Dot, dot, dot. But yeah, that's what she wrote in there. So Charlie's mother took up a lot of his attention, and she often prevented Nanny from doing things she wanted to do. The marriage produced four daughters, though, over a four-year period. Four daughters over a four-year yep, period. That's popping babies out. Oh, like this sounds so painful. Also, can I just say, if you are married... Oh, Lord. Yeah. Please put your spouse before your parent. <laughs> like, once you get married, they're number one. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the the it did it did say I think I don't know if it was like he kind of egged it on or like I don't know what his part in it. They didn't really talk about like him like his reaction to it all. No, I I know, and there's nothing wrong with him being close to his mom. I just if if she's feeling that divide, yeah, which I know. I back also don't then, know if she would communicate that back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I get it. And I think a lot of people expect you to just read their mind and mm-hmm. they don't communicate. Yeah. So communication is important. But just, just I just wanted to take a moment to say, like, uh, oh, yeah. it's very, it's been helpful in my relationship, too. I think it's super important to put that person first. Yeah, well, you and leave then, your family and you're creating a This new is your one. family like, now. Yeah, your and priority. absolutely your, your family should be important to you and... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, whatever. I just, I think sometimes people get it backwards mm-hmm. and they think, they think like, oh, this these, is my blood. Like I yes, have to Yes. And put they've them. been in my life this whole time. Yeah. So they're before you and people see, you know, marriage is very temporary mm-hmm. and it's just, it shouldn't be that way. But anyways, <laughs> <coughs> sorry. So Charlie's, uh, where was I? Produced four daughters. Sorry. Oh yeah. The four daughters thing. That's crazy. So, under a lot of stress, Nanny started drinking, and her casual smoking habit became a heavy addiction. The marriage was a very unhappy one, and both suspected each other correctly of infidelity. So, they were both cheating on each other. Charlie often disappeared for days on end, and in early 1927, they lost their two middle daughters to suspected food poisoning. I did uh, air quotes, FYI. Charlie suspected Nanny had killed them, so he ran away, taking the oldest daughter, Melvina, with him, Wait, and leaving newborn Florine behind. So he's basically saying, like, you can get poisoned? Well, I'm thinking that... I wrote this, too. I'm thinking he left Florine behind because she was a newborn, and maybe, like, he realized he couldn't, like, breastfeed. Like, he couldn't, like, take care of the newborn because it was, like, a Right, newborn. but isn't it better if you suspect... Yeah. I mean, all of this is kind of messed yeah, up. Yeah, it's all messed up. But... Drop them off at a fire station. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not I'm not condoning that. <laughs> but, but do something. Don't just leave. If them. you think your child's in danger, do yeah. more than like I don't care how young they are. Like yep. Yeah. Um, so he took Melvina and also he. Peace out. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm just weird. Kind of weirded out by him, but yeah. So his mother, Charlie's mother, also died around this time. Nanny took. Yeah, she also died around this time. Nanny then took a job in a cotton mill to support Florine and herself. Charlie returned in the summer of 1928, so about a year after, both Mel- with Melvina and another woman, a divorcee <sighs> with her own child. Nanny and Charlie soon divorced, because they were never divorced, they just kind of, he left and then okay. just kind of left it at that. But the other woman is like who he's with now. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she returned, Nanny returned to her mother's home, taking her two daughters with her. So he came back. And it's almost as if he was like, okay, like, I don't really want, like, yeah, kind with, of like a new life kind I'm of thing. I'm with this new person, and I've built and a And they already life. have kids. So here's your child back Literally. that I saved from you. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> she took Melvina and Florine and, da, 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 and returned to her mother's home. He always kept the narrative that he left her because he was scared of her. But, but I'm going to give you daughter. my children. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's cool. Take them. <laughs> I'm going to move on, and yeah. I'll be good. So Charlie's Mm. now out of the picture. She's obviously correct, too. Yeah, it's it's all a mess. Nanny was now working and living in Anniston, Alabama, which was really close. It was her her, her parents' house, her parents, like, where they grew up and stuff. She often read the romance section of newspaper to feed her romantic view of life, because remember, she's very, like... she's romantic. Yeah. She loved the Lonely Hearts column and wrote to men advertising there. So she was having affairs. Yes. So... Was this just, like, flings, or was she genuinely invested in another relationship? I think they were flings, hoping that they would be something She was else, hoping, and, and they, then the they other wanted. men were like, mm. Yeah. Or I people. So. I mean, it's not really said, but that's kind of what I'm Interesting. assuming. Yeah. So, she wrote to men advertising on the column a lot. A particular ad that inter- interested her was from Robert Harrelson. Uh, they nicknamed him Frank. I don't know where Frank comes from, but his real name was Robert. Nobody with the name Robert likes to go by the name Robert, apparently. Yeah, but Frank Everybody is so random. Maybe something. that's like his dad's name, or maybe it's his middle name. I don't know. But so is, does, isn't Bob short for Robert? Yeah. Like, where does that come from? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so Frank. 
He was a 23-year-old factory worker from Jacksonville. He sent her romantic poetry, mm. and she sent him a cake. They finally met in 1929 and got married when How she was 24. I don't know. Back then, I mean. Um, she could have like ordered it from a local like place where he was and had it delivered to him. Maybe. I don't know how it worked back then. I guess so. I, I think of that as... <laughs> seems so much further than it is. Yeah. Where it's like the Stone Age thing. I'm like, how did they mail things? Yeah. She just literally made him a cake and sent it to the mail. Imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm picturing... I picture that in my mind where she's like putting the icing on and wrapping it somehow and putting it in a box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they were pen pals. And they got married when she was 24. This was two years after her divorce from Charlie. Oh my gosh, 24 and she's already had four babies. I mean, that's that was common then. No, I know. You got married at like 16. I'm just... Yeah. Yep. They lived together in Jacksonville with Nanny's two surviving daughters, Florine and Melvina. Melvina's such a a unique name. Florine reminds me of Fluoride. (laughs) Yikes. Sorry if that's... But what's weird is I love the name Flora... Which mm-hmm. also is similar to fluoride, but I yeah. love that name. So That's funny. Sorry. If your name's Florine, it's still cool. It just reminds me. <laughs> so she's married to Frank now, and, but after a few months, she discovered that he was an alcoholic and had a criminal record for assault. Don't know how you don't know this before you get married, but... Well, she's a romantic, so she probably yeah. ignored red flags. Regardless of that, though, the marriage lasted 16 years. It happens all the time. Yep. <laughs> Melvina, Nanny's oldest daughter, now was married. Was now married after 16 years, obviously. Florine was married too, but they didn't really talk about her now. But <laughs> Melvina was married to a guy named Mosey Haynes. Mosey. <laughs> Interesting. Could be Mossy, but it's one S. Mosey, Mossy. Mm, sometimes uh, Moses. I mean, Moses is one S. Yeah. Moss would be two S's. That's what I'm saying. So I'm thinking it's Mo- Mosey, right? Mosey yeah. is what I would... I'm just going to call him Like Mosby. Yeah. None of weird. this really matters. Yeah. But yes. But yeah, she was married to Mosey and they gave birth to their first son, Robert Lee Haynes, in 1943. So after her dad? Yep. No, not her dad. No. After her stepdad, technically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Frank. I don't <laughs> know if they did it after her dad. It could have been his dad's name. It's a very common name. But I mean, maybe. For that time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they had their son, and then two years later, Melvina was pregnant again and gave birth to a baby girl. Nanny came to help, and after a painful few hours, a baby girl was born, but died soon after. Oh. Melvina was exhausted from labor and groggy from all of it, and she swore that she woke up and saw Nanny stick a hat pin. Do you know what a hat pin is? It's, it's what they used. To, it was literally a pin, and it had like a decorative like ball or like something sometimes it's like a butterfly or like a rose or whatever at the end of it and it would just help like women's hats stay in their hair they would just stick it through and like okay pierce it to their hair almost kind of thing so she's like thin like a sewing needle not thin to like 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 it wasn't as thin as a sewing needle where it would puncture your head but like with enough force it could like hurt you with enough force lots of things could hurt you like a little, I, I'm imagining it more like a little sharper than a bobby pen. Like it doesn't the, have How the, big is it? Oh, it's, it's little like a needle. Okay, yeah, okay. so it's small. It's not like huge. But so she woke up and she swore that she saw Nanny stick a hat pin into the baby's head. So then no. after that, she told her husband, Mosey, and her sister, Florine, that 
that what she saw. They told her how Nanny had said the baby was dead, and they noticed she was holding a pin. But the doctors couldn't come up with an explanation for the death, so... Just, they wouldn't see that in the baby's head? I don't know. I think ba- newborns' heads are so, like, soft when they're, like... Yeah. And if the thing was super thin, like... But you would still see some kind of, like, trace know. of that, right? I don't know. Maybe I don't know enough about babies. Yeah, I don't know enough to... Maybe they weren't looking hard enough. It, well, if the baby had a lot of hair, they might have literally just not even looked. Yeah. Or not even. Like, Fair. the baby could be bald, and they were like, well... Yeah. That's so sad. Yep, so the baby girl died, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. After this, Melvina and Mosey drifted apart, and Melvina began to date a soldier. Nanny disapproved of him, did not like him, and while Melvina was visiting her father after a very bad argument with Nanny about him... Her son, so the oldest son that she first gave birth to, Robert, died mysteriously under Nanny's care on July 7th, 1945. I also uh, air quote again under mysteriously. I mean, of course. <laughs> She's doing that to me, but you yeah. guys can't see. <laughs> understand where I'm going with this. Yeah. The cause of the death was diagnosed as asphyxia from unknown causes. And two months later, she collected the $500 life insurance she had taken mm-hmm. out on Robert. <laughs> Wow. Which, technically, back then, too, asphyxia for babies and, like, little kids were very common because right. of, like, yes. just the way that it was. It but, was just hard to prove that it was something else. Yeah. They sell a lot of mattresses now for babies and toddlers that, on the inside, it's not like a regular mattress. It's almost like, uh, you know those chocolate bars that are, like, airy? You know what I'm talking about? No. You don't know what I'm talking about? Anyways, it literally looks like Swiss cheese where it has lots of holes. And so it's very breathable for babies and kids. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really cool. But anyways, Robert unfortunately passed. That same year, 1945, Japan surrendered to the Allied powers at the end of World War II. That also kind of gives you a good gauge of where we are. Right. And I'm right there. I'm in it. <laughs> I'm in the moment. <laughs> and Frank... Nanny's second husband was one of the many people who, air quotes again, celebrated. This is so annoying to me. After an evening of heavy drinking, he raped Nanny. That was his version of celebrating. Obviously, assuming the whole, obviously they're married, but he no, you can rape your spouse exactly. You absolutely, which was not considered a thing. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you absolutely, if you you have to have consent. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. The following day, as she was tending her rose garden, Nanny saw Frank's corn whiskey, which I looked up, corn whiskey is basically Mm -hmm. like moonshine. Mm -hmm. So she saw his corn whiskey jar outside that he had left the night prior because he was partying. The rape had been the last straw for her, so she took the jar and topped it off with rat poison. Frank died a painful death that evening. Rat poison is an awful way to go. Yep. It's basically your insides like burning from inside out. Yep. It's not good. Imagine drinking rat poison with like alcohol like that. Ugh. Well, it disguises the taste, though. That's true. That is if true. If it's strong alcohol, Oof. especially like moonshine, you don't know until it's too late. Yeah. So, after Frank passed, Nanny met her third husband while traveling to Lexington, North Carolina. His name was Arlie Lanning, and she married him Arlie. within. Yeah, Arlie cool. is a cool, cool name. I feel like I've never seen that name before. It might have been one that was common back then, but I really like it. Yeah, Arlie. Arlie. So she married him within three days of meeting him through another Lonely Hearts column. This girl is very quick. 
Arlie was in many ways like her last husband, Frank. He was an alcoholic and a womanizer. <laughs> However, in this marriage, why it are was... wom- like why are romantics always drawn to the most volatile? I honestly think she was just drawn to anything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you'll notice a trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But right. in this marriage with Arlie, but also romantics are drawn to anything. Yes, that's that's true. That's true. Also, too, if he's a if he's considered a womanizer, like she just fell for his games. So, yeah. But in this marriage, it was Nanny who often disappeared for months on end. She would explain to neighbors that she was visiting family, and sometimes it was true, but obviously other times she was just having affairs. So I think this she mm-hmm. just that's the thing about <laughs> she just liked to get around. That's a common topic on this show. Yep. <laughs> So, on the times that it was true, she sometimes would ride the train to Gadsden, Alabama to visit her sister, Dovey, because she had been diagnosed with Dovey. cancer recently. What? There's a lot of cool names in this, right? I'm, I'm documenting these names. I know. <laughs> we have a podcast, so we're literally documenting <laughs> Dovey is beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. So, Dovey had recently been diagnosed with cancer, so she was like visiting her on and off. She okay. also sometimes visited Arlie's mother, who lived in a nearby town, to help her with house cleaning and errands because she was obviously, like, older. But when she was at home, she played a very devoted housewife. She was literally, like, like a typical, like, mm-hmm. played the typical suburban, like, housewife. And when Arlie died of what was said to be heart failure, the whole nope. town turned up to his funeral in support of her. And it was very, like... Nope. It, it was very, like... <laughs> Oh, like pity party, like she's crying Just not the whole looking time, too. and like yeah. everybody was like, "I'm so sorry for your loss." Like, yeah, there was I, I didn't like put a lot of details, but it like had a huge thing. Which about they the didn't funeral. know a ton about her history, right? So they would have no reason. She's to She's also think. jumping from family to family, and so they're just thinking like, I don't even think they're looking into that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're linking coincidences. Right. That's what I mean is they, yeah. they would have no reason to suspect that no. she would do, especially anything. if she's just playing this like typical suburban yeah. housewife. So, yeah, so Arlie unfortunately died. After this, the house the couple lived in burned to the ground. It had been left to Arlie's sister, and had the house survived, it would have gone to her. But the insurance money went to Nanny. How does that happen? Quickly banked it. Okay, but I don't know what, like, if the house is left to someone, they should collect if something happens to the house, right? I would assume so. Maybe that's just a technicality thing. Yeah. I mean, she clearly knew, like, the loophole there. Oh, for sure. But that's, that's, hopefully that's fixed now because that should not, it doesn't make sense. I mean, the house should, like, not should, the house would normally be left to your spouse or your kids or someone. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's interesting that maybe that was he had never changed sister. it. Like, maybe he just because obviously they met he just later. Insurance. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But coincidentally, Nanny was not home at the time the house burned down. Of course. And she had just left the premises with her favorite household item, the TV set. It was tucked away in the back seat of her Ford, and she said, "I was on my way to have it repaired." <laughs> But interesting how that was her favorite household item. I mean, it was probably expensive then, I'm thinking. So after the house burned down, she <laughs> left... TVs are expensive now. True. She left North Carolina, but only after Arlie's elderly mother had died in her sleep after living with Nanny for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So after Arlie passed, his mom was like, hey, can I just move in with you because I need help anyways and you're alone? And she was like, sure. And then she died like a couple months after. 
Oh my gosh. Yep. After that happened, Nanny ended up at her sister Dovey's home, the one that had cancer. Dovey was bedridden because of the cancer, and soon after Nanny's arrival, she died in her sleep. I put dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. I don't understand how no one is, like, linking the coincidences at this point. But after Dovey died, Nanny joined the Diamond Circle Club, which I looked up what it was, and this is what it says it was. The mission of the Diamond Circle is to promote among active and retired Board of Education members, a continuing fellowship and spirit of mutual helpfulness to exemplify and perpetuate those principles which have come to be regarded as the ideals and traditions of the teaching profession. So it's just to keep a whole bunch of people that were like in education together. Was she in education? I guess so, but they didn't really. She talk didn't about even it. have one for herself. Yeah, I mean, she, she didn't really. Talk, she didn't really write or read well, but she could have also just skimmed her. But way she in. also wasn't fully educated. No, you know what I mean. Mm-mm. I think she probably just scammed herself way in. Okay. I think she was just trying to look for, like, different communities to just meet more people. Well, it might be something that doesn't have strict guidelines that yep. lets people in if they're, you know. Probably. But. Interesting. Yep. So she joined the Diamond Circle Club, and she was she says she was looking for another husband. And she met him. She met Richard L. Morton of Emporia, Kansas. Emporia. Yep. Cool little city name. That makes me think of adult emporiums. <laughs> not <laughs> cool city name. I always see like bulletin, huge boards. I said bulletin boards. So that's not what I meant. Uh, highway, like uh-huh. on the highway. Yep. Like, what are they mm-hmm. freaking called? What are the big ad called? Sex stores? No. What are the big bo- the billboards? <laughs> billboards. Why I couldn't think of that name. I thought you meant what it was called that it was <laughs> advertising. Like, mm. I always <laughs> see I... like sex emporium billboards yeah. on the highway. And Adult like, stores. Why would you be like, oh my god, I gotta stop by there and get off the highway? I mean, obviously they it have works. them there because people go. <laughs> That's the same reason why they have like strip club or whatever. Mm, so crazy. We have a strip club. Oh, is this gonna is this gonna triangulate our location? Probably. There's one. No, I don't think it's it's necessarily near us. No, yeah, you're right, you're right. But there's one called, I don't think you know this one. It's called Ten Hot Girls, One Ugly One. That's so sad. (laughs) That is awful. Why? That's so sad. Yeah, that's awful. Oh, (laughs) that's great. There are a lot of strip clubs, though, that have very witty, like, funny names. Oh, for sure. But that's not witty. No, 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 not that. I was just thinking of other ones, but... Yeah, don't don't name off all of them, because that would be pretty easy to... (laughs) I mean, we're in Florida. It's pretty... There's very uh, unique strip clubs in this area. So, she met Richard, and he didn't have a drinking problem, like her exes, but he was considered a womanizer. Oh, again. But he doesn't have a drinking Not problem, surprised. so we're yeah. good. <laughs> Before she could poison him, she ended up poisoning her mother, Lou. No, poor Lou, Lou. On January 1953, when she came to live with them, Richard she met just... his death three months later. Again, random causes. She just can't not kill anyone. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so sad. Yep. Okay, so finally, this is where her last name comes from. Nanny met and married her fifth husband, Samuel Doss, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, in June 1953. He was a clean-cut, church-going man, and he disapproved Mm. of the romance novels and stories that Nanny adored from the newspaper. They're dastardly. (laughs) In September, Samuel was admitted to the hospital with flu-like symptoms. The hospital diagnosed a severe digestive tract infection. Tell me he lives. He was treated and released on October 5th. Okay. 
Nanny killed him that evening in her rush <laughs> to collect the two life insurance policies I was like, she yeah, had she just lived. taken out on him. So, liter- so I, I don't think her original plan was to kill him then, but because he was already sick, she was like, oh, let me get life insurance oh, okay. taken out on him, and then I'll just kill him when he came out. Okay. I think her plan was just to Which, let him die. I think back flu. then it was much easier to the um, exchange of life insurance, yep. the process, how quick it, the turnaround was, was a lot easier. And I'm sure they changed that because and they didn't look into did this. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a really big thing and it's a motive for a lot of murders. Yep. So. Yep, yep. So she kind of took that opportunity and went with it. The sudden death alerted his doctor who ordered an autopsy, and the autopsy revealed a huge amount of arsenic in his system. Mm -hmm. Nanny was arrested right after. So, once she's arrested, she confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister, Dovey, her grandson, Robert, and her mother-in-law, Arlie Lanning. Arlie Lanning's mom. The state of Oklahoma centered its case only on Samuel Doss, which is weird. Well, yes, but if... It's because it's been long enough, like... Here's the... I mean, it all has to do with the process of proving it. Yeah. And they can they can prove what's in front of them. Well, and the way that she did it was very low-key. Like, well, she did it's it, like, hard to go backwards and prove that. Mm-hmm. And you're working with different districts and stuff yeah. that may not have any information. So, it's it also sucks. Like, she she would a lot of the times her like poison she did the rat poison thing but she also like mixed arsenic with like prunes and so like a lot of the stuff was like hard to treat. But say back. a body's been embalmed or yeah. you know cremated. I mean it sucks, but it's very hard to go backwards and prove. Yeah. So that I kind of get is you want to go with the case. It's, it's it's awful for the victims' families, but you want to go with the case that you know you can prove. You have yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that she was tried for. The prosecution okay. found her mentally fit for trial. Good. And Nanny pleaded guilty on May 17th, 1955. Did she try to say it was because her head injuries? <laughs> no. She ah. was. Well, she, yeah, she did later, but like, it wasn't like, dude, like you're, you're No, I, I knew it wasn't going to yeah. be a thing, but I figured she would try to say, mm, I hit my head. <laughs> she was sentenced to life imprisonment. The state did not pursue the death penalty due to her gender. Yep. Which is very interesting. That is a, um common thread which is very interesting people th- sympathize with women yeah well, very or, interesting or they or they over sexualize them there's patterns with women mm-hmm. that are very interesting yeah so nanny went to prison and she died of leukemia in the hospital ward of the oklahoma state penitentiary in 1965 but before she died she talked to many people and a lot of people asked her like why did you do what you did mm-hmm. and she said she was just always seeking her like knight in shining armor never got him and she felt like she was like would get into something and then would be trapped and couldn't get out unless she could okay them. but that doesn't explain the people outside of those she was married to why she killed them i think she just wanted to get rid of like that life you know what i mean like, once she kind of got into a life, she kind of had to get rid of Yeah, but, involved. I mean, she's talking about... I'm talking about, like, a baby that you're sticking a needle into their head. I don't know, dude. It's probably one of those things where it's, like, you start doing it, and then it's, like, uh There's definitely more to that. I don't buy the... Oh, I'm just... I just... It's also trying to be a victim, even in... Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? She blamed everything on just wanting to find her knight in shining armor. Like, that's not a But legitimate... nothing... You're not entitled to that. There's tons of people in the world that never find yep. a perfect soulmate, and they live great lives, and they're fine. So yep. you're not entitled... Nobody says you get to get a true love in your lifetime. So you don't get to just kill people because it's not happening. And I, under, I, I sympathize with, you know, having, like, 
she dealt with assault and stuff like that. Yeah. And I definitely sympathize with that and, and realize that that is, that's probably the death that I was like, well, <laughs> but other than that, it's kind of like, come on. Yeah. You're doing this to yourself. Yeah. I don't understand the whole, and she did it to her own two kids. That's yeah. Like, that's, that's weird. That's not, there's no excuse for no. that. For children and babies, no. Yep. That's the giggling grandma. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wait, where does the giggling come from? She just would giggle a lot. <laughs> <laughs> kind of creepy. Wait, she's... No, I'm just kidding. You know who I kind of... Oh, I can show you a picture of her. Oh, yeah, let me see. But um, I kind of envisioned her... Did you ever watch Courage the Cowardly Dog? Um, I did, yes. She reminds me of the grandma. Oh, shoot, sorry. That's what she looked like. Oh my gosh, she really she has a square Doesn't face. Doesn't she look like, like her? her? Yes, you're really accurate <laughs> with that. But and and it's funny because the grandma's very creepy in the show too. So yeah. I just imagine her to be like that. Yeah. So I feel like I vaguely, vaguely have heard that story, but I don't remember. I didn't remember the details. Yeah. So that was good. That was very um, interesting to hear. Good job. Thanks. I'm ready for your story. So, my title is The Day Everyone Left the Girl Alone. Oh, that sounds really sad. Oh, wait. I feel like I could take that it is either like sad because she's by herself or like empowering because she like they were she was left alone, not bullied. We will see very soon. <laughs> so, um our story starts on March 13th, 1964 in Queens, New York Ooh, that's at 2:30 1964. Oh, I thought you were saying he was born in Queens. No, he was born in Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> Two very different places. <laughs> 1964. My mom was born in 1969, so. Mm. Uh, I just think of King of Queens. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. What I'm about. At 2.30 a.m. Very specific. Returning home from work, Catherine Susan Genovese, who went by Kitty, Interesting. was approached by a man with a knife. Oh. She ran toward her apartment building, and as she reached for the building front door, the man grabbed her and stabbed her while she screamed, Oh my God, he stabbed me, help me. Let the girl alone, shouted a neighbor from his window. What the heck? This startled the attacker, and he ran away. What would unfold is a combination of tragedy and lore that led to an article by the New York Times titled, 37 Who Saw Murder Didn't Call the Police. 37? What the heck? Kitty was born in Brooklyn, New York. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so not, empower- <laughs> not an empowering yeah, statement. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah. It's, this whole story is going to be disheartening. Uh, that's okay. But it's very interesting because it propelled a lot in okay. the psychological world. Gotcha. So she was born in Brooklyn, New York on July 7th, 1935 to parents Vincent and Rachel Genovese, which is such a... Cool. Yeah, right? It seems very New York names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. The oldest of five children, which is like your story. Interesting. Um, Kitty was a graduate of all-girl Prospect Heights High School. Okay. She was voted class cut-up, which I just love. What does that mean? Like class clown, but for that time, oh, class cut-up is so funny. cute. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, class cut-up. I need to not say uh. I'm, ooh, <laughs> I'm, I hate myself when I do that. Stop. Her senior year, because uh, <laughs> I keep stopping and saying other things. I do that too. That's it, my it word for diving like, back into yeah, my writing. Because it, it's a filler. It's just a yes. filler. She was voted class cut up her senior year. 
What would we vote each other in high school? So. Oh my gosh. This is my little. Mm-mm. I would vote You're saying you like as like superlative. Yes. Like most. Blah, I would blah, blah. vote you best laugh. Oh, and I genuinely nice. did not think about. I put that note, and then I was like, I want to think about this on the spot. So that's, oh, that's my really vote for nice. Um, I'd probably vote you like best style, like oh best my... like outfits. Yeah, you were wearing a, sh- a sh- laundry no, but I feel shirt. Like you you definitely like. I mean, everyone has their like you know trying to be comfy, but I think you wear a lot of clothes that like other people would be like, oh, like I don't know how people will, like. Like, this is different. Like, this is kind of, like, unique, but you're just kind of like, I'm just going to do it. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. She was regarded as self-assured beyond her years and said to possess a sunny disposition, which I feel like I would really, really like I feel so bad for her. Wait, did she live by herself? You'll see. Okay. Following her graduation in 1953, Kitty's mother witnessed a murder on the streets. What the heck? Ironic. Which motivated the family to move to Connecticut. Kitty decided to stay in New York City. Uh-oh. She was briefly married, but the marriage was annulled near the end of 1954. That's kind of a quick snippet in her life. There's not a lot of detail, mm-hmm. at least from what I researched. Unless the man was him. Uh, no. <laughs> it's not... He, I don't even know his name. It's not oh, a thing. Okay, okay. It's just a quick... Gotcha. I think kind of she, something she was probably felt forced into, mm-hmm. which will make more sense. Working during the day as a secretary at an insurance company and nights at a bar as a bartender, which is my dream job, by the way. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a bartender. I feel like it's a very underrated job. It's yeah, hard, but it it's, is. I just, I really romanticize that job in my head. I think I romanticize being like a, like a, a barista, like a coffee barista. Me too. I would love to do that. Me too. Cause I love the smell of coffee. Yeah. I feel no, like I would if, go to Starbucks. I would want to work at like a legit like coffee. One of those shop. tiny shops yeah. that just has locals come yeah, in. Yeah, you have like the regulars. regulars. Yep. And you have every now and then. They come in people. and you're like, I got you. Like you know yes. what they have already. That's cool. For sure. I, I feel like if you could remove the Karen customer. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it would be better. But yeah. I, I do I do romanticize that job in my mind. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to have that job when you're in your like 60s or 70s and be like yeah that'd be really cool so the bar was located in queens which prompted her to move there in august of 1961 kitty was briefly arrested for bookmaking as she had been taking bets on horse races from bar patrons so she's just a cool girl yeah i feel like i would really enjoy her company so yeah she had that little whatever it's dumb it's a dumb reason to be arrested so she did lose her job due to this, but oh. quickly found another bartending position at Eve's 11th Hour Bar. That's so a really cool name. She quickly climbed up the ladder and became manager at oh, that sure. bar. So she's killing it. Portrait swords. Oh, no. A decade later, Kitty met Mary Ann Zulanko in a nightclub, and they started dating. The two found a second-floor apartment together above a row of shops on Austin Street, which was considered a safe area. Okay. Kitty... So, we're jumping right back into the timeline, where now Kitty has been stabbed. Gotcha. She's seriously injured, and after screaming for help, she's receiving none. So, even the man who yelled out his window just went back to his business. There's something here. 
She decided to crawl to the rear of the apartment building. There's a tiny back parking lot. She decided to crawl back that way to try to enter that way. Mm -hmm. So lying in the hallway uh, at the back of the building, the door was locked, preventing her from entering. And without meaning to do so, she had moved out of the view of any possible witnesses. Oh, no. But she was still, the lore says, still screaming for help, asking for help, Mm -hmm. and nothing was happening. Ten minutes later, her attacker returned. He stabbed her 14 times, raped her, and robbed her. What the heck? Yeah. He left and then came back and no one helped her? I think he was scared away and then realized nobody's really doing anything. That's horrible. Nobody's coming to her. What the heck? You've never heard of this story? No. Interesting. Sophia Farrar, who was the unfortunate neighbor who found her, um came to her and held her and she she was dead or she was she was still alive she was holding her and she screamed for someone to call the police because at this time i don't think you know there's not cell phones so she's screaming for someone to call the police but she doesn't want to leave her yeah um it's unclear how long it took the police to arrive but kitty would die on the way to the hospital oh no around 4 a.m roughly an hour and a half after the attack police knocked on kitty and mary's apartment door to give her the awful news that kitty had died yeah, where was she? Mary? Yeah. She was just in her apartment. So she didn't hear her? This is... this. Is, How did you not hear her if she's, like, screaming? This is the problem is... If someone's getting killed outside, you'd hear that. <laughs> I don't... I, I've not seen anything... So Mary is suspected, of course, because she is... Yeah. I mean, they're always close. suspected, yeah. Um, but I... I genuinely have no reason to think that Mary is at all involved. That's crazy. Um, Unless she was blasting some music. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of neighbors and nobody that is crazy. heard anything in quotation marks. Um, around 7 a.m., detective... So they left, and then mm-hmm. around 7 a.m., Mitchell Sang arrived to question Mary. She was being consoled with liquor by her neighbor, Carl Ross. The detective found Carl intrusive to the investigation uh-uh. and arrested him for disorderly conduct. What? What is? What did he do, though? The details are not known, but the detective was also aware that Kitty was discovered at the bottom of the stairs that led to Carl's apartment, so Uh-oh. I think he kind of had a hunch. And probably, I can't prove this, this is pure speculation, probably provoked him a little bit and then said, oh, disorderly conduct, you're arrested, to Mm. see if he could kind of Mm -hmm. investigate him a little bit more. Well, but if he had anything to do that, why would she be crawling towards his... Well, but at this time, all they know is that... She was found there. She was found there. That's true. That's true. So they don't know where... Where she... Where it happened. Where it started and where it ended. They are piecing that together right now. So all they know is that she's at the bottom of those stairs. Yeah. Carl's apartment's right there. And that gets more interesting. Okay. Um, I kind of have... I didn't really see this theory anywhere. It's kind of like a... Here's some information thrown out there. Do with it what you will. And Mm -hmm. I have this huge scheme in my mind. But whatever. Um, If I don't stop saying um, I'm literally going (laughs) to just... Throw the microphone away. <laughs> Don't do that. So he was suspicious of Carl. Mm-hmm. Mary was questioned by several homicide detectives who took 
An unmerited and inappropriate interest in her and Kitty's sex life. There was a hyper focus on it. It was taboo. It was I'm not like, surprised. Ooh, lesbian. I mm. honestly think those cops were just like, "Tell me, tell me more yes. about what you do in bed." Like, yes, very much that. Um, they wanted so the the details of it, um, which is so disgusting. Well, if she had nothing to do with it, poor girl, like just being battered. Even not. Like, I mean. You would not take a heterosexual relationship no. and sit there with a husband and be like, well, what positions no. did you... No. Like, like, that's she's not probably, She's, okay. like, grieving, too. Like, that's right. horrible. So, I really don't like that. Yeah. And there's there's other... Yeah. So, she was questioned for six hours, mostly about focusing on their sex life, which... If I'm her, I'm wanting them to go figure out who did yeah. this to the person I love... And you're sitting here talking to me for six hours about... Like, what? So they were obviously suspicious of Mary, and she was a suspect, which is very normal. People mm-hmm. closest to you are always suspects. Yep, and significant others, too. But I true. truly believe that she, she was a victim in this. Mm-hmm. Um, neighbors alleged police were preoccupied with interest in the intimacy of the couple's relationship under the guise of suspecting Mary... So they would go to question the neighbors and they would be like, what do you know about their relationship? What do you, did they ever have loud sex? Did they ever, so even the neighbors were like, they had a weird interest in their sex life, which didn't really have anything to do. It would be one thing if you, if they were asking, did they ever fight? Did they, those are normal questions. Yeah. But they had a, just a, they were getting their jollies off. Did they question the guy that like yelled, the witness that yelled? And there is nothing else said about from what i read what the heck now i will say nothing from the articles i read there is a documentary which i will talk about which i think it's very cool but i think comes full circle and addresses him i don't think he's alive anymore by the Mm -hmm. time this documentary happened but it addressed his family members speak to it and Mm -hmm. very interesting stuff so instead of following up and f- focusing on the details of the night, they were getting their jellies off to hell. Yeah. Later that week, police were called to a robbery. They uh-huh. found a television in the trunk of Winston Mosley, which is interesting because you had a Mosey. Mosey. Winston Mosley's car. He was arrested and taken to the station for questioning. Winston confessed to stealing appliances regularly. While questioning him, the detective realized Winston's car was the same color as one that was described by witnesses of that night. Hmm. So witnesses kind of said, we saw a guy with a hat mm-hmm. with a white car. Very vague. Yeah. Um, I'm very skeptical. So I immediately approached that with, okay. Yeah. Is this something where you're kind of fitting this into what you want it to be? Just because you... It yeah. also should be noted only for the purpose of the time that he was African-American. Mm, okay. She was white. He was African-American. Not surprised, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they kind of are suspicious of him. And when they mention that his car was, according to them, when they mentioned his car was similar to one at this crime scene, he just went silent. Hmm. Could be suspicious, could also, also be, could be just terrifying. I'm terrified of saying yeah. the wrong thing. Also, I said not surprised. I totally mean I'm not surprised that the cops are just like, yep, that's him. Like, that's what oh, I'm not surprised I mean, about. Not the fact you that have he to was be African-American. Ha- <laughs> you have to have your... Oh, yes. I just want to clarify <laughs> Thank that. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> but you have to have your head in, your stand, in the sand to not think that that could correlate yeah. with someone just being pinning something on yeah. you. Which is not... This entire process goes through mm-hmm. and... 
whatever, I'm very suspicious of it and skeptical. Mm -hmm. That's not really the narrative that everyone else has. But, okay. So Winston, that's a dog outside. According sorry. to his testimony, which <laughs> also confessions are not like foolproof. Really? No, confessions can No, be, because they always, yeah, that's true. That's they true. can get, there's false confessions all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are under pressure, if you are yeah. being threatened, if you feel like there's no way out, if you feel like, I mean, there are numerous reasons yeah. And when you're why. being interrogated that long, they almost Correct. like literally mess with your mind. And, and they've like, taken people for studies that said, I would never confess to anything I didn't do. Yeah. And broken them down. Yeah. Um, if you take that into account, the time period, mm -hmm. the racial tension, not good. So yeah. I immediately am like, no, I don't, I don't know about this. But anyways, according to what he said, he had spotted Genevieve's, um, kitty at a traffic light and followed her home. He, he said this? So according to police. Oh gosh. This is what he said. While he gave no motive for the attack, he did state that he had been driving around looking specifically for a victim. And I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm yeah. just skeptical. Yeah. And there will be more reasons for you to kind of come along with me on this journey of skepticism. <laughs> he was married with three children and had no prior record. Huh. So all of a sudden you have this guy, no record. Is um, somebody who robs shops all the time and is raping and murdering people. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that he was specifically detailed though, like, I was driving and I was looking for a victim. Like, mm -hmm. that's weird. Yeah, you don't really have to say that. So... Yeah. So later interrogations would have Winston confess to several other rapes and the murders of Annie Mae Johnson and Barbara Krillick, I think hmm. is how you pronounce her last name. So... I've just heard of so many cases where they take one person, they pressure him, and then they put these other things that they want tucked away and yeah, solved on that person. Yeah, because I wonder how that got brought up. Like, you know what I mean? So, I, it's very hard for me. There's no... I didn't read a single article that was skeptical of this. Mm -hmm. So, this is me editorializing and going my own way, mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to take away from justice for Kitty. Yeah. I just... It's, it's hard for me to trust the justice system mm -hmm. in that time. That's when it all happens, I will yeah. say. I will stop questioning <laughs> So he was sentenced to death on June 15th, oh. 1964. Um, which there was not any... That time there wasn't DNA. It wasn't yeah. like he was proven to be in be there. Yeah, like they didn't have any concrete proof. Any concrete proof. Other, that's crazy I, which that they he's, went just by his confession. Then. But people go by confession all the time. That's, that's, crazy. that's your loaded gun yeah is they a confession it. but confessions are not yeah so he would later claim a mobster executed kitty and he was only the getaway driver what? i don't i just think he was looking for i don't know yeah he died in jail um oh i think i said this but he was reduced to um a life sentence mm -hmm. in 1967 so he he wasn't put to death mm-hmm but he did die in jail on March 28, 2016. Oh, wow. That's at 81 years old. Wow. Um, so, let's talk about the New York Times article. Uh-oh. It gained widespread attention for the case. The article was highly criticized for lack of authentic and factual information. Okay. Basically, it was an emotional response to what happened and mm -hmm. kind of exaggerated. 
It alleged that multiple neighbors heard or even witnessed Kitty's murder and did nothing to help her. The newspaper followed it up the next day with an analysis speaking to several experts on psychology of why people would choose not to get involved. Later that year, it would be adapt- adapted into a book. So, oh, so did these? Did her neighbors like admit to being like, "Yeah, I heard something." This I just is didn't the go. thing. No, New York Times t- took it and ran with it and posted a story that was not fully accurate. Huh. But there's all these things where it's like, well, people had to have heard her. Yeah, right. So they don't have factual evidence of. I talked to this person. They said they heard it. But you would just assume, hey, if there's people in that apartment, they would have heard it. You could put two and two together and say, I mean, there was shops across the street with apartments above them. You could, and there's also witnesses that said they saw him, and there was the guy who yelled out the window. Yeah. You could put two and two together and say, the odds are lots of people heard that, Yeah. and nobody did anything. Now, the the system of, of, like, alerting the authorities was harder, (laughs) but... You just, I think. Yeah. So I, I do sketch. think it was exaggerated and for, I don't know. I feel like it was sensationalized, mm-hmm. but. I mean, not it can't not wrong. be like, yeah. Like, so how can it not be true? I mean, I know Northern states have like apartment buildings, unlike Florida that are more concrete and like. You know, you don't hear as much through it because they're older buildings. But a lot of people in still, that time. But if you're hearing someone screaming because they're being stabbed six, what is it, 14, 16 times? Like, you had to have heard that, right? Like, there had to have been somebody outside. Or and like, a lot of people in that time, I mean, it was 2.30 a.m., so people were sleeping, whatever. A lot of people left their windows open. I mean, the guy yelled out his window yeah. and said, hey, leave her alone. Yeah. Why would you not check and make sure he left her alone? And it'll get worse. But here's where we introduce the bystander effect, Uh-oh. which I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. It's a psychological term. It's in books to this day. Yeah. It is taught. So it's also referred to as the Genevieve syndrome, which attempts to explain why some witnesses to a crime would not help the victim. Psychologists Bib Latain, <laughs> trying the names, and John Darley made their careers studying the bystander effect and have shown in clinical experiments that witnesses are less likely to help a victim if there are other witnesses. So everyone just kind of assumes, they'll they'll call someone, they'll help. I don't want to be involved. Another thing to note, and I have seen this firsthand with my great-grandmother, is there was a ton of people, ton of Holocaust survivors in those apartments. Oh, interesting. And they were terrified of drawing attention to themselves. Yeah, interesting. So, um... It was one of those things where it was like, I'm sure it's just a quarrel. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's just this. You kind of yeah. talk yourself out of it because they were terrified. Yeah. So it kind of adds up that there would be people mm-hmm. that heard it and did nothing. Um, the more witnesses, the less likely any one person will intervene. That's crazy. They used This was used by the press as a parable of morally banked modern society losing its compassion for others particularly in big cities. I've seen uh, I've seen a couple of videos of like social experience mm-hmm. sp- experiments where first of all the experiment is stupid. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, they would they had this like little girl and this guy behind a car and like in the middle of a city, like a big city, 
and like multiple people around and a, a lot of people did like help but there was a lot of people that just ran away where the guy is like standing uh like behind the car opens his trunk and then grabs like this little girl who's an actor like she's part of it grabs the little girl and puts her in the trunk and many people ran away like didn't do anything. I don't like away. that. I don't that's like, what I'm saying. The I don't whole, care if she's an actor. I the don't whole like experiment. That. Uh, that's why I'm like the whole experiment is stupid. But yep. like the fact that there are people that actually ran away yep. was like crazy. Decades following the murder, a journalist journalistic movement began to correct the misinformation perpetuated by the New York Times stories. Hmm. The Times ultimately admitted fault in sensationalizing the story. However, if multiple people did hear her, and how many? wouldn't come forward because of the shame they felt and guilt. Why would you say, "Mm, I heard it, I just didn't do anything. (laughs) So I'm, you can speculate. There's no dispute that, so if that happened, there's no dispute that there was some inaction. Mm -hmm. And those individuals did not act until it was too late. It's easy to assume it was a drunken quarrel, as I said, and just stay out of it. Others simply claim they didn't hear anything. Which some people, it's how do you pick who you are telling the truth? You're not. I don't yeah. know. In 2004, journalist Jim Rosenberger wrote an article for the Times, so he was on staff at the New York okay. Times, debunking the claims of the 1964 reporting. Hmm. So he was fact checking, going back through yeah, and saying, "Here's what we came out with." When you are a journalist and it's a newspaper and it has credibility mm-hmm. you have to fact you can't just say this happened yeah because people are so, gonna believe you you're and credible it's, it's one thing to say it's strange that nobody came forward and no one heard this that's mm-hmm. one thing to kind of put that out there and say i don't know this is strange but they put it out there as if they had talked to fact. these people yes. yeah and they gave a number it's Ugh, yikes. so you're kind of putting guilt on people that yeah may, may have sure. not heard it mm-hmm. in 2015 kitty's younger brother bill produced and and narrated a documentary called The Witness. Hmm. I've watched it. I watched it years ago. It is really, really, really good. Really? Very good. I want to watch it. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he, this follows him in his pursuit for the truth over emotionally inflated fiction. And it's refreshing Mm. and beautiful because he doesn't go into it with any agenda. Mm -hmm. He's just wanting to talk to people that are still alive, that were there, and their family members if they've passed away. Yeah. Talk to me about your experience. And he talks to people that are like, I I genuinely didn't hear anything and I feel awful. Or people that are like, I I heard shouting, but I don't... It's really beautiful and he gives so much grace to them. He's not mad at them. He's Mm -hmm. not... He just wants... The truth, so no, and he's yeah. very much okay with saying the article sensationalized it. Mm-hmm. It was emotional. Um, he's kind of building a case against the article and, and how oh, wow. how much cool. responsibility you carry when you put stuff out yeah. there like that. So it's it's a really good documentary. That's I recommend cool. it. Only two neighbors have been shown to behave at the time of the murder in the way the in the extreme way the New York Times claimed thirty seven people did. One of those being Carl Ross. Oh, which was true. the neighbor uh-huh. who gave the drink to Mary, consoling her. Yeah. And was kind of, they were suspicious of yeah. him. So he was intoxicated that night. Uh-oh. And he heard noises. And after contemplating for a moment, he cracked open his door to uh-huh. investigate. He saw Kitty laying on the ground, still alive, attempting to speak, and Winston stabbing her. <gasps> he shut the door and called a friend, asking them what to do. The friend said not to get involved. What? So Carl is at the top of my list of people who I think did it. 
if this is Winston being just kind of racially profiled. Oh my god! I think Carl. Oh. And there's a lot of times where people who are assailants put themselves yeah in, uh-huh. so he's there the next morning yeah he's like trying to be like and he might have just been like uh the cops probably didn't like him because he was so like intrusive and like trying to be like the you know the supportive friend but then how do you you don't what i mean i would like, say liked, liked her or liked mary or something mm-hmm. but was like oh i gotta get rid of yep oh no is this carl guy still alive um i don't know that... uh, probably not because he's probably around no uh, yeah. Carl eventually climbed out of his window. Suspicious behavior. So he climbs out of his window and went to a neighbor's apartment. At two in the morning? This is his... He called the police after hearing Sophia... Sophie, I'm sorry, Farrar, call for someone to do so. So once that happens, he goes to a neighbor's house. He hears her call. He knows the kitty's in trouble. But waits till she calls... And then I'm pretty sure I've read a couple articles that said that he called a friend who called the police. So he is wanting, he is like so suspicious to me. He's either A, the guy who killed him, or literally a coward. A piece of trash. A coward. I I wanted to be him so bad because it just, who does that? Because it's like, yeah, like why would you do that? If you're innocent, like why? But also if it is him, he is free and Winston died in prison because... Yeah, that is sad. Yeah, I don't know. I but just, also, you said he was highly intoxicated, so he literally could have just been, like, gone. I don't care. I mean, we've both been intoxicated and in situations but where But I've never instantly, been, like, blackout drunk. Okay, but he's climbing from... He's literally climbing out of his window and going to his neighbor's apartment and totally fine. Yeah, true, he could have So fallen. he is... He's okay. And you have the wherewithal to open the door, see danger, and close the door and call your friend and say, hey, what do I do? Yikes. You're good. You can... Then you can call the police. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're unsure. The murder of Kitty Genovese is credited as one of the factors that pushed the emergency 911 system into place. So you have the bystander ah, effect. So she's legendary. That's cool. And a very sad like yeah. reason for this, yeah. but thank God these things got put into place. Mm-hmm. After New York City officials joined in a national effort involving officials in other cities. Mm-hmm. It was put into place in 1968. Before this, the only way to reach police was by dialing zero to reach an operator That's in, so hopes, annoying. in hopes that it was not too busy to transfer your call. So That's crazy. You probably have people who are like, oh, that's probably just this going on mm-hmm. and not fooling with it, which mm-hmm. is just so sad. Kitty's case also had a hand in good Samaritan laws that are in place today. So hmm. you can get in trouble if you see something and don't of course. take action. Yeah. Now, then, that's crazy. you were fine if you didn't. So this is Kitty at her bar. Oh, Look how precious. I literally feel like I would be best friends with her. I, I love her. Um, Ken C. Kitty's Killer. It's an article That's of the so day. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, poor Kitty. Yeah. That's crazy. Crowd applauds as Queen's jury dooms Mosley. Well, I guess, I mean, we'll never know. That's so yeah, so, I mean, I could be totally inaccurate, and I'm not trying to be insensitive to yeah. justice. I just am it very leery of trusting justice of that time, and that's where I'll leave it. So you can decide as you listen. <laughs> yeah. I was trying not to put my own perspective too much on the story. I feel like I probably did too much, where people who listen might be like, oh. Yeah, but you can take a story and kind of, you know, 
think for it on your own. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, I decide for yourself. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they convicted him, so yeah, whatever. I don't know how much weight that holds in yeah. that day. They convicted yeah. people all the time that weren't. Um, yep. So yeah, that's that's my story. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a good story though. Thanks. I don't know where to go after that story. <laughs> oh, uh, we didn't mention in the beginning, but um, our email. So we got mm-hmm. an email earlier. We read it. So if you have a story, if you want to share something, or if you have a fictional story, whatever it is, send it to us at yes. shotofcrime at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, we want to hear from you, even if it's short. Maybe you have a good hometown story. Those are good. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's like always something fun. that's happened in your hometown. It can be something... Something haunted, a crime, funny, whatever. anything. Literally yeah. anything, but we want to hear from you guys. And rate and review if you feel like it. Yep. If you if you like it. If you don't, just chill. You know? <laughs> just go to the next one. <laughs> but cool. Yep. Let's well, see you next week. See ya.